Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Off Axis Podcast, where we talk entertainment, acrobatics, business, entrepreneurship, fitness, and more. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys want to support, please share with your friends. Now, let's jump into the podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Off Axis Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Allie Sparks. Allie, how are you doing today? Great. Awesome. Good to have you in. (laughs) So can you tell me a bit about yourself? What do you do? Maybe let's start from your childhood. Are you from Vegas? Yes, actually. I was born in Vegas. I moved to Florida when I was 12 with my family. And I just always said I was going to move back to Vegas. I just loved all the lights and entertainment. And my mom was like, graduate college first and then you could go. And then I did. And Right away, I came back. <laughs> cool. So you went to, did you go to school in Florida? Yeah. What part of Florida? Tampa. Tampa. Nice. We just did a bush gardens out there like a couple oh, yeah. years ago. Oh, I go love there Tampa. all the time. Yeah. Especially like the beaches and stuff. It's so nice out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you were born in Vegas and you moved to Florida and you just missed the desert so much. You wanted to come back to it. You're like, I don't like this right. beach. I want to come back to the hot desert <laughs> yes absolutely yeah i can see that though the i love the heat 115 degrees give it to me really yes i, I can't stand it every I'm time i'm really here, mad right now with the cold <laughs> really when i'm here during like summer i'm just sitting here like I, I i'm basically living in a microwave oven right now this is just like not sustainable there's no trees around like, that's what i because i'm from la so i miss the trees mm. and everything yeah so LA what did you go nice. to school for Uh, Public health, actually, to be a nutritionist, which I always knew it wasn't really going to happen. Like a normal job just has never interested me. I've always been into entertainment in all forms, but I did it just to have it. Do you have a you have a background in performing as well? Is that something you always wanted to do? Yeah, my mom put me into dance and gymnastics when I was two years old, like every form of dance. Um, I did competitive gymnastics, and then I went into cheerleading, and I just loved performing so much. And um, when I went to my first nightclub, I saw go-go dancers, and I was like, oh, wow, I can actually make this into a career, and everything just kind of spiraled after that. Interesting. That was kind of me, too. I saw an extreme sports show, and I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. (laughs) So how old were you when you saw that? 18. 18? Mm -hmm. Okay. So started kind of blooming a little bit late into the performer world. Yeah. Okay. So you, was that after you moved back to Vegas or? No, no I moved to back college. to Vegas um, at 22. So I started off in Florida with Interesting. performing. Cool. So yeah. what was like the first show that you got into? I think my very first show was in Miami. It was sort of like a fetish event I think it was very like dark kind of satanic (laughs) the DJ I was performing for was like very into that um so there was fire involved I did my first fire eating performance there and I was fairly new so that probably wasn't a good idea but (laughs) I did it and there was like a grinding act that was done on me so it was very cool Interesting. Yeah. And that's how my name actually came about for my first show. I told my friend, I was like, I need a stage name. She's like, how about Sparks? Because uh, of the Sparks that we're seeing. So. Uh, okay. I was going to ask. That I'm assuming that's not your last name, but that's mm-hmm. a cool stage name. Yeah. So the grinding act where they have like a grinder and you're wearing like some sort of metal stuff. Yeah. I've yep. seen that lately. It's becoming quite popular. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. Before it wasn't really seen much, but now I feel like everyone's doing it. Have you seen some really interesting ones like grinding acts? Um, yeah, I mean, people get really creative with it, with how they go about it. I like when they have um, a guitar doing it. That's pretty cool. A guitar. Mm-hmm. So they're playing guitar and doing mm-hmm. the... Gr- no, I don't think so. I think it's like an actual prop that's for it, but it's kind of cool. Oh, it. It's what you visualize from a guitar, like just sparks flying and then it really happens. Yeah. And <laughs> how long did it take to get into the fire eating stuff to where you were well, proficient enough to do it in a show? <laughs> well I visited Vegas all the time and when I came here I think at 19 um someone was like oh do you want to learn how to fire eat I'm like yeah so I learned it real quick and then my first show was pretty close to after that I just mentioned oh I I could do fire eating and then they threw me in it and I've just kind of been self-taught ever since interesting again not a good idea but you know, I'm yeah. very motivated. So <laughs> I've never done any sort of fire eating or any of that kind of stuff. Like, it seems pretty dangerous, but everyone makes it look so easy. Like, how <laughs> it is? <laughs> how dangerous is that? It's pretty bad. I mean, if you just inhale, you could go to the hospital. And I've done it a couple times by accident. Luckily, didn't go to the hospital, but it sucks. Yeah, because I've seen people's in. faces get burned and stuff, and I feel like it just almost looks too easy. Everyone's like, oh, I could do that, and then... Yeah, and especially when you're having fun with friends. I got drunk one night, very stupid, and we were like, let's play with fire. I didn't realize, like, I spilled fuel on my stomach and just totally didn't realize that, and then my uh, no. prop hit me, and I was on fire, and I was just having so much fun and drunk, and I didn't even realize I was on fire until I looked down, and I patted off and, of course, had a huge scar. <laughs> oh no, is it still there? No, I got microneedling done and it got rid of it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that microneedling stuff kind of fixes your skin, huh? Yeah. That's cool. Um, okay, so what what year was this about? Was this this was before quarantine, I'm assuming? When I got scarred? Yeah. Or it bef- was when you started during doing the performing? Actually. Oh, when I started performing? Yeah. Um, uh, like twenty one. 22 is when I heavily got into it. I started doing a lot of music festivals, um, and then I moved out here and pretty much right away got into shows. Interesting. How did you get into it? Did you know someone already? Did you start submitting resumes? I just started submitting everywhere, and then um, my first festival was EDC. Oh, that's a big or one. No, actually, no. It was Ultra. Ultra was my first festival, and then EDC. Ultra. Music was it, festival. Was it in Florida? Mm-hmm. In Miami. So that was my first. Those are pretty big ones. Yeah. <laughs> How is it performing at EDC? It's amazing. It's very exhilarating, especially when you get to be on the main sca- stage. Um, just all of the people that you're looking out to, just all that energy pours into you. And it's like, I feel like I could just go nonstop. Yeah, I bet. The, the crowd is like huge. I remember like during quarantine the crowds were like super small when we finally did start performing again it's just Mm -hmm. like not the same yeah yeah i did one of those um online shows during quarantine oh my god that was yeah (laughs) we did one of those too i was like we're performing in front of a camera i was in my living room (laughs) yeah someone hired us to film our act and then send it to them and i was like Okay, so we spent like a couple hours making this trample act in the backyard. Yeah, mine was live, so it was like 
a little different. It was kind of cool to, I would like run around behind the camera after my act and I was like, oh, I see you guys typing in. <laughs> oh man, what a weird time that was. Yeah. <laughs> so, so during the quarantine stuff, you started doing social media, correct? Yeah. How did you get into that? Um, well, my boyfriend at the time, who was also um, a magician of the show I was previously in, he was offered it by his friend that started just expanding with Facebook videos, and he realized how much money was involved, offered it to friends, offered it to him. And then after a month or so of helping him with it, I saw the money, and I was like, I want to do this too. So I asked um, our friend, and he got me into it. And now I've been doing it ever since. I now manage my own team of 21 people. So wow. it's been a wild ride. Yeah. yeah, I know a few people are doing that. My friend Casey's doing that as well. You know, Casey, Casey Perlinger? Perlinger? Yeah. I manage her. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> She's trying to get me That's into funny. it, and I'm just like, ah, I don't think so. <laughs> so do you still go by the same name, Ali Sparks, on the Facebook? And is yeah. it only Facebook? Yeah. Um, yeah, mostly Facebook, I would say. I started posting on TikTok during quarantine, and that took off for me. Um, and it was okay money. It wasn't the same. But um, I quickly realized that I kind of just want to separate the two because I'd rather just brand myself for me on, like, TikTok and YouTube. And then Facebook, I'll just let the advertisers pay me yeah it's interesting <laughs> how you can have like different brands for yeah. different social media platforms like it's my youtube is completely but... different than my instagram as well yeah different audiences so do you use facebook frequently as an app um, other than just posting no not really i actually just recently started using their stories like for my own personal page because i realized oh i have so many more friends here than on instagram to keep up with um, but yeah, I don't really normally use it. And I realize a lot of people don't. <laughs> They're always like, there's videos on Facebook. Yeah. I like never use Facebook anymore. I used to, it used to be like my main platform and then it got hacked and it was like, oh. I just lost like a whole bunch of followers overnight and all my like high school photos and stuff were on there and it's just like instantly poof gone. No. I know. I was oh, so disappointed. I die. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would imagine for you, it's like your income too, right? So do you have a, yeah. like a I fan had a, page? Um, yeah, I had one that I actually converted into the videos as well. It was like my original performer fan page, but now I've got like eight pages. So I'm just trying to maximize the earnings as much as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it still going up like the earnings and numbers and everything they're a little more up and down i would say during the pandemic it was really crazy for us because i feel like these kind of videos we were doing were so new so literally we could film anything and it would pop off i remember my friend filmed himself doing a hack of just like pouring out water from a jug he's like here's a faster way to pour out the water he just twirl it around and it got like 20 million views it was crazy. <laughs> That's interesting how those little things go off. Yeah. You would never expect them to. It's always the ones that you right. don't expect. Yeah. Like I put all this effort into like my video sometimes like doing crazy stuff. And then there's one video where I just I picked up my cat and I flipped her over into my <laughs> arms and she just like rolled down my arms. And that video just took off and it was like of all videos, the one that took me like five seconds to make. Yeah. And nobody seems to care about the actual talents like. I've tried a couple performer things and it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So would you say that's like your main income? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And so how is it managing all these different people? What are like the, what are the daily tasks that you're doing? Uh, it's a lot. I mean, first I get tons of messages and phone calls every single day from everyone just needing help with things, some advice on ideas. And then aside from that, I'm just constantly checking their pages, making sure things are going okay, making sure there's no issues, demonetizations with their videos, pushing their videos out, just constant. And then I'm staying on top of my own videos as well. Is it is it as simple as you just click and post or you guys have some crazy strategy um no it's pretty simple like that i would say just make a video and you post it on reels or whatever it is yeah and um regular video aside from the reels long form is what we call it what are some of the craziest ideas you guys have come up with oh my gosh because i've seen some of them (laughs) (laughs) i filmed so many videos I don't know if I could really think of it um okay no I do got one um it was one of my older videos my first ones I put um I did a prank where I had my friend put Nutella on a seat and I sit on it in white shorts and then we went into Target and just like try to get made fun of and I say try because literally no one was looking at my shorts i would like bend over trying to really show that hey i look funny right now and no one would do it so i had to go out to people and be like hey can you just like for the camera point and laugh at me for like three seconds yeah it was really hard for me to do to approach people like that but i did it and the video took off so interesting (laughs) and it's out there forever (laughs) it's hard to get those organic pranks with like real people to like actually react in a good way it's very rare that we do organic and it's just for that reason you don't get the right reaction and it's not going to read well on camera and just won't people won't respond to it the same yeah, I tried to do a couple prank videos back in my day, and one lady was just super pissed that we were filming her <laughs> and like threatened us with all these lawsuits and all that stuff. And I was that, like, all that right. That could have turned into a Karen video real quick. <laughs> oh, it was a Karen video. I yeah. still posted her in it. I oh. was like, She's never going to know who I am and figure this out. Yeah, and if it's in public, then, you know, there's no rules against it. <laughs> yeah. So most of them are fake, you would say? Yeah. That's unfortunate. I was believing all of these videos this whole entire time. Yeah, but I mean, look at movies and TV shows, you know, as long as you're just feeling some sort of emotion from it, I don't think there's anything wrong with it being fake. Yeah, sometimes I I see them and I'm like, what the? No way. And I'm like, (laughs) ah, it's on Facebook. It's probably fake. I've been actually fooled by one of the videos. There was one that circulated around the media it was on an airplane and I was like, oh my God, that is crazy. And then I realized, wait, that is our airplane set. That's oh. from our group. <laughs> so you guys have an air- airplane set? Yeah, we have a bunch of sets. What? Okay. Yeah. So these airplane videos aren't actually on airplanes. <laughs> so they're fake airplanes. I don't know how much I could say. So <laughs> we'll leave it okay. <laughs> Airplane sets. Okay. What other kind of sets do you guys have? Um, Courtroom, TSA. Courtroom. Interesting. Yeah. How long does it take for someone to get their page rolling to where they're actually making money? It just depends. Um, it depends on the person, really, and their motivation, their time that they could put into it. It could be um, right when you get monetized or... 
It could be six months. What are the rule sets for getting monetized on Facebook? Um, you need 5,000 followers and um, hmm, 60,000 views. 60,000? Oh, that's not too many. Yeah. Huh. Facebook seems like they your videos collect a lot more views than Instagram. Am I right about that? Yeah, I think so. It's weird. It is weird because Instagram's owned by Facebook. Maybe it's because less people are doing it. Yeah, it could be that. I feel like a lot of people have Instagrams, but not a lot of people still use Facebook. Like it used to be kind of like a mixture of like Twitter and Instagram all together. Mm -hmm. And now I would, I don't even know. I barely look at it anymore. So yeah, <laughs> you've been doing the social media stuff like it's pretty sustainable though like the income's pretty much consistent across the board do you guys bring in sponsorships and stuff as well um we haven't um i think there's been some talk about it but yeah because then if I you mean, get some brand deals then... yeah i mean we should especially for the cooking videos we're doing we're always like cooking the videos yeah there you go yeah yeah we do all of it <laughs> wow how like how full-time is this um, again, it depends on the person. For me, it's pretty full time just because I have my team and, um, I'm always on my phone constantly. It's just around the clock. So, <laughs> okay. So another one, has anyone come to you with any horrible ideas and you're just like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say horrible ideas. There's just been some, I can't recall, but I've just said, like, I know that's not going to work. Just because I've been doing it for three years, so I feel like I've got a good sense of what will do well and what won't. Because there's just, like, a certain way to um, go about things. So, yeah, I have turned down some stuff, but it's never been crazy bad. Okay, so how many followers do you have on this Facebook platform? Um, I think across everything, like 3 million followers. Wow. One page has 1.2 and the rest are just like sporadically different numbers. And is that all under Allie Sparks? I've got some different names on the others that involve my name, like Sparking Alley. Yeah. Do people um, like, does that translate over to the other platforms as well? Do your followers come over to the other platforms? Um, I've had some people come to my Instagram. I've had some haters come to my Instagram the too. Haters. I I recently posted a dance video on my Instagram and I could tell someone from Facebook came there and I was like in my dance attire and she's like, Oh, it makes sense what you wear in your cooking videos now. So trashy. And in my <laughs> cooking videos, I just I dress how I am right now. This like I literally wear this kind of thing, just like dresses and they're like, Why are you dressed for prom? <laughs> that's interesting it's a bunch of old people that old people oh uh, the old people are fooled i bet they're completely fooled and they're just like this is real how dare she do that on an airplane oh absolutely <laughs> they're like yeah. calling tsa and stuff we're, we're like soap operas for them you know like they're bored of their tv so now they're on their their facebook they're like gotta keep up with the times yeah cause <laughs> when i feel like who's using facebook i generally think it's like older people yeah. Like I had a lot of friends on there, but everyone was at least like I'm 33 now, so I'm not too young. Mm -hmm. I don't really know too many people that are like 25 and under that are on Facebook, really. Yeah, I don't think anyone is. No. Like even my sister, she's not on there. 
Yeah, I don't know anyone that's <laughs> even really using Facebook at all. What about like Twitter and or X, whatever you would call it now? Do you use that um, platform at all, or is it not pretty much really. just I kind of, Facebook? Yeah, just Facebook. Twitter, I haven't really been on in years. I'll go there sometimes to check like the Vegas news. What um, about the Threads platform? I started a post on that, and then it just got boring. Yeah, that was like a quick fad. (laughs) Very quick. I recently posted on there. I'm like, is this thing still existing? (laughs) Yeah. Did you get worried when they came out with that platform? Like, oh, they might move all of their like eggs into this basket and Facebook might dissolve or something. No. That was my kind of first thought. It was like Facebook's on its way out. Maybe they're just going to have a basically a Twitter and then an Instagram. Uh, No, I don't think Facebook will ever go away. Yeah, too many people have their... uh, high school photos and stuff on there yeah i would pay good money to get that page back but my problem was uh. i contacted facebook i did everything i possibly could we usually we probably advertise well over ten thousand dollars a year on our footwear platform and everything and oh wow just, then they should really help you they should have because <laughs> our our we had our own facebook page for the footwear company and then my own personal uh, fan page on there and then my personal page and because my personal page got hacked the other two went down with it mm. and it was like we just we've spent twenty thousand dollars at least advertising this footwear page and it's just gone wow. and no one's they don't respond to emails they don't call you back there's no like customer service number or anything yeah so it's just it's very that's when i kind of was like ah, oh, maybe i should stop putting like money into this Facebook and social media stuff because it could literally vanish in a thin air. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have been hacked before as well. Have you ever had anyone, any of your pages get hacked? No, I haven't. Hopefully I didn't curse in. Knock on wood. Yeah. (laughs) I did get my Instagram randomly taken away. Like I was just suddenly kicked out of it. Um, And I don't think they ever gave a reason. I think it just said, oh, you're locked out of your account. I made a post on Facebook and one of my friends, her mom happened to work for Facebook and had some friends with Instagram and was able to get it back for me. I was like, oh That's my God, awesome. thank the gods. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. currently employing someone at our SeaWorld show. Nicole, she works for faith or she worked for Facebook. She actually quit Facebook to work for off axis. Oh, cool. Better benefits and everything. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but uh, now I'm like, all right, cool. At least I know someone there and... My Facebook got hacked like a couple weeks ago again, like my new one with like oh, no, no followers on it. I'm like, this is just annoying now. Like, do you have the two factor thing? I do. And it still got hacked? It did. It what? was like, I got, I started getting emails and like, oh, I they're getting they, smart with it. <laughs> I don't even know. Cause it was overnight. I didn't click on anything. Oh, no. Like, I've been so careful. Like, whenever someone yeah. sends me a Facebook message with any sort of link, I'm like, sorry, I'm not clicking that one. Yeah. But, I get yeah. those all the time. People yeah. always try to pretend to be Facebook and will like send and say, your page is going to get taken down. Yeah, all the time. They're or like I'll so get Facebook hard. ad emails like, oh, this is, you know, your ads account is going to get taken down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if I was like targeted or what it was, but it was just like out of out of the blue. It said like I had all these like, I think it said like child abuse posts. Like I posted 42 in an hour and then it was like, oh, come on, that's obviously a hack. And then I thought, well, they'll for sure like, you know, reactivate it. And nope, nothing. No responses for an entire month. 
I used my ads account to contact them and everything and just nothing. Wow. It was a bummer because my like Facebook fan page had like, I don't know, 10,000 or more followers at least. And it's been active for a long time. And it's just like gone all the memories. Wow. Yeah. And That's I would wild. use kind of Facebook as like a, a photo album too. You know, I just yeah. post things. And then if I ever needed them, I would just go back in there. But anyways, so moving on, you did a magic show yes. on the strip. Mm-hmm. What was it called and how was it? Um, at first, it was called Xavier Mortimer's Magical Dream, and then we rebranded in our final years to Xavier Mortimer the Dreammaker, and it was absolutely the best experience of my life. I mean, who else can really say they were a co-star on the strip in a Vegas show? Like, it was so amazing. Yeah, what year did you start that? Hmm, what year? Let's see. It was six years. So, 2016? Was he your boyfriend and then he got the show? Or did he have the show and then He you... had the show. He had it for like eight months. Um, I was actually in another show that was next door to his at the time. Like the theaters were right across from each other. I was in a comedy and burlesque show. And he came to our press night because he knew our producer. And he was like, oh my God, you were so amazing. I have a show too. Come see it. He gave me his number and I tossed it. You tossed it? <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, How rude. Yeah. <laughs> and then my producer said that he was looking for a fill-in for his show for the girl that was in it. And I was like, ooh, I'm okay. I'm interested now because <laughs> I was just trying to do all the things. And I went and saw it and I was like, wow, this show's really amazing. Thought he was cute. <laughs> so I started rehearsing to be a fill-in. Um, and I got in the show in a week. Like I only had one week to learn the show and it was absolutely crazy because there's so much to learn, so many details and, um, got in the show, kissed him that night. In the show? (laughs) No, (laughs) after, as we were celebrating and yeah, the rest was just history. The girl that was in it after three months, she decided she didn't want to do it anymore. So I became the main, um, and yeah, I was doing it ever since. Didn't have a fill-in for me because it was really hard to find someone for that role. There's a lot involved. Yeah. How long was the show? Um, An hour and 15 minutes. Hour and 15 minutes. That's a pretty good show. And how many people were in the show? Is it mostly just Just him me and, and him. That's um, it. Or actually, we did add in a character later on. His name was Hypnos. He was kind of like a stagehand in this like cool. I made the costume for him. He was like in a cool steampunk-ish jacket, mask that kind of looked like Jabberwockies. Really cool. Um, he was kind of like a mime jokester that appeared every now and then for different parts. That's interesting. Yeah. So, like, is it illusions kind of stuff? Yes, big illusions. Big illusions. Mm-hmm. And um, he's also a magician, musician. So he incorporated a lot of live instruments into it. Um, he also went to school for miming. So he was very clown, circ oriented. He actually used to be the main character in the MJ1 show. He started there. Oh, interesting. And was found. And they were like, you should have your own show. And then he left Cirque. So, and you said he was at the Stratosphere? Mm-hmm. That's where we ended. We started at Planet Hollywood, then went to Bally's, and then the Strat. So do you just get, like, different theaters in different places? 
And you kind of just rent it out. Is that how that works? Yeah, we were renting. Um, we just were always trying to move on up. Started like super small. When we went to the Strat, we were really to we were able to really expand our show. We brought in like much bigger illusions and production. That's awesome. And what made you stop doing that show? Um, the entire show actually stopped in January because we wanted to move theaters. We weren't really treated well and we were just over it. It was a daily thing and it was just affecting our performance. So we were making plans to move to either Hera's, their showroom, or the Big Paris showroom, which would have been a huge risk and stupid, honestly. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, Xavier got offered to tour with The Illusionist, so he's been doing that because he's been wanting to tour for a while. That's cool. Yeah. The tour life is... Have you done touring stuff before? Yeah, we used to do it um, here and there. It was never like back-to-back shows. Um, we would just pop in every now and then. We also did cruise ships where we would just fly on, do a show. Um, I didn't. I liked the travel, but to set up an entire show just for the day was a lot. And especially because you had to do the tech, all the sound checking, like all of that. Just pr- reprogram your whole show just for that one day. And it yeah. happens all in one day. You perform the same night. It's a lot. Yeah. We do a lot of those kinds of shows and we have like a whole construction thing that we have to do to build our set. You know, we have to build ramps and tramp walls and all that stuff. And I always joke around like, guys, all this work for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our act, you know, we'd spend like four hours building our ramps and pulling out the trailer. And then it's like all for five minutes. Yeah. It's so. crazy. And then you're having to work with these sound guys and lighting guys that you've never worked before and they can mess up your whole show potentially. And that was happening a lot. Yeah. We were we've had that before. Having to deal with that. Yep. Lots of people they'll just like they don't know how fragile some of the equipment can be and they just like go and push it and then it's mm-hmm. like it just breaks. Yeah. So that tour life is crazy. The cause the stage hands are it's kinda like a roll of the dice. You don't know who you're going to get some of the theaters they're good and then some of them right. they're just not the greatest <laughs> yeah and we dealt that with that when we were at um bally's because we had to be with the union so we had to have one of their stagehands like that's a rule like we had our own but then they had to have theirs and their sound guy and that was just a big headache <laughs> yeah i bet so many rules we couldn't take it so that's why strat was good but at the same time we weren't treated good by the the people that ran the theater stratosphere is an interesting place because it's like the probably the most symbolic one of the most symbolic hotels here but it's when you go in there it's like what happened yeah it's like also the deadest like no one wants to go there and they try to rebrand the entire place put so much money into renovations and it's just not doing it i think they have to potentially get rid of the the outside skirts yeah maybe <laughs> it's scary <laughs> it is scary that whole like neighborhood area around it's pretty bad too yeah well they wouldn't i don't think they would ever knock it down but that'd be crazy <laughs> i mean if you can't it's, na- it's naked city it's, it's yeah c- iconic in a way <laughs> yeah if there's like an apocalypse that thing is staying up there yeah <laughs> oh man that would be crazy to if they ever had to deconstruct that thing like i don't even know where you would begin yeah. What what would you say would be like your dream hotel to perform at here or casino? Hmm. 
I've always wanted to do the Venetian. Um, I've never seen their big room, though. I really liked the Harris showroom. That was one I was just like always saying we have to be there. It was just like a beautiful setup. It was pretty similar to Strat, but it's dead center of the strip. And um, that's like the biggest thing is just to be where everyone's at. Yeah. Um, at the Strat, there's no foot traffic. Like you, it, we had to work so hard with marketing to bring people in because they can't just like walk from the other hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I used to think that was like my goal was to get into one of those theater shows. And I was like, I don't even think our audience is here. You know, they want to see like half naked girls and like magic and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it weird that all of the hotels, I was just thinking about this, all of the like big hotels or casinos that have like, for example, the Stratosphere or Excalibur or MGM or like all the ones that look really cool kind of suck. Mm-hmm. That's weird, right? <laughs> you would think that those would be the ones that have like the highest ticket price and everything, but usually Excalibur is like thirty-five bucks to get a room, right? The ones with the most history. Yeah, crazy. I don't know. I wonder why they don't build like I guess they just built the sphere, but I wonder why they don't build more crazy-looking hotels because I want Vegas I to look like an adventure park. I miss park. that. Like it was all about that. Every hotel had its theme, and now it's just going so like corporate and boring yeah all the nice ones like aria and stuff they're just a building they're yeah there's nothing to it it's just a little fancy (laughs) yeah i guess i don't know i think it'd be cool though we need a circus themed hotel i guess they all kind of have a bit of it we've got that kind of circus circus Oh, you're right. Yeah. That one's, that one's horrible, <laughs> too. That one's bad. I, st- I still have my love for it. I go to the Adventure Dome every now and then still. And yeah. it's great because no one goes there. So we're just like constantly going on the rides. Okay. They need a new circus place because that yeah. I, I forget about that They should have a more one. modern one, maybe. Yeah. But it is cool. They have their free circus acts, which are, you know, I saw a clown doing like some of the most basic um magic tricks and i was like oh we sell that as our merch (laughs) that's interesting so what are you what's some stuff that you're working on now is it mostly just the social media stuff is there any goals that you have that you're working towards um yeah i've been focusing a lot on the social media putting a lot more time into it than i have been but i feel like now i've had my break from the performing it's been almost a year so I'm trying to slowly get back into it, maybe come up with my own acts. I'm training in Lyra. Um, I've always had this like illusion in mind with it where it's just simple. I just like appear out of smoke on the Lyra, but That'd be cool. um, there's just like a lot I have in mind that I want to make happen. Maybe get back into burlesque because I did that for a very hot minute before the show. So Yeah. Is there a uh, like a burlesque girl that does magic or is there any shows like that out there yet um i don't know if i've ever really seen that i've always thought of combining the two so maybe i'll be the first because i feel like that's what would sell you know yeah that's the half naked girls sells for Mm -hmm. sure and so does magic right so why is there's always like a slight combination of the two but there's not like one magician that's like stood out and really done it yet yeah that's true and i think that's just because magic is so hard like it's just so time consuming with the practice you have to put in and then to make it into an act like that's that's what really takes skill and that's why xavier was so good was he was able to put on like a whole 
theatrical show with his magic. It wasn't just like doing the trick. Like it had storytelling with it. Yeah. I saw the Chris Angel show and it was one of the best shows I've seen. And a lot of people don't like it, but I thought it was really good. I haven't seen it yet. Stage presence is really, really good. Yeah. He's definitely got that. On beat. Like the whole show was like really well put together. Yeah. But those shows sell. I haven't seen the David Copperfield one. I don't even really know who he is, but I see him every time (laughs) I pass by the MGM. And it's like. I was very disappointed when I seen it. Really? I was so disappointed because like you hear all of this hype about it and yeah, I he had no stage presence. He definitely seems tired, but he's doing three shows a night. How many? And he's never going to stop, I think. And I think he's it's because he just wants to keep his name up, which I totally respect, but he needs to clone himself. Yeah. And there was just nothing that impressed me with the show either. It's yeah. It's a little boring. <laughs> That's an interesting person because he's kind of always been like pretty famous, but not like super, super famous. Mm-hmm. But there's just been a consistent like billboard of him on the side of the the MGM. Yeah. I don't really know anyone who's like paid to go see that show before, though. Yeah. I I mean, when we were doing our show, people at the meet and greet were always like, we saw David Copperfield last night, but your show's better. So that was always cool. Yeah. <laughs> we were always getting compared. He has a big theater, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. I think it's like 900 seats. Okay. And what was the one that you guys were doing? We had up to 500. Yeah. So it was fairly big. It's fairly big. I think, but those shows when it's like 500 and down, they're just much more intimate. And it's yeah. just a better show. Like when I go to see Absinthe, to me, it's just way cooler because we're closer to the stage. You know, you make eye contact with the performers and yeah. stuff. It's more personalized than when you go to see Cirque or something that's really big and yeah. the audience is in the dark. And there's and even no- as a performer, I enjoy that way more. Like when we would tour, the it was like 1,800 seat theaters that we were doing. And it was totally different. You can't make that eye contact and feel the, feed the energy off of the people. Um so I really enjoyed being able to do that and interact with the audience because a lot of the show was interaction and going through the audience, yeah. sitting on their laps, having fun. Yeah, that's one <laughs> of the, those are my favorite kinds of shows. Like I yeah. think one thousand people, depending on how the uh, theater is set up. Like if it's two decks, so then it's kind of it still sucks. But if it's like pretty like half circle or something like that Mm -hmm. it's always a nice intimate feel we did a show in the taipei arena called viva la cirque and the stage was so insanely big there's twenty thousand people there and it was the most empty feeling i've ever had because like i could like hear an audience but it was just like not the same you know it was almost like i was hearing a sound effect yeah and i couldn't see anyone the stage was just so big and it was like I thought it was going to be really cool. And then we did the show and I was like, that just felt empty. Yeah. You feel very small. Mm-hmm. Like you're just in this giant room with no one around and it's just weird. Yeah. And I don't think our, I don't know, like if you're sitting like 50 yards away from someone, it's kind of hard to like enjoy the show in my opinion. I mm-hmm. can't really ima- Like I feel like we needed some crazy big acts or something for it to fill that kind of arena mm. you know you can't yeah. ha- like i can only imagine like a magic show wouldn't do too well in that kind of big arena you know mm-hmm. the movement and stuff of the show isn't big enough yeah 
Yeah, I agree with that. So did you they ever did you guys ever do circus tents? Circus tents? Yeah. No. Uh we just performed in different like big the art theaters that would just book us. Yeah, the circus tents is like a whole nother ball game because not only do you have to set up the whole stage and everything, you have to set up the circus tent. It's just like oh, yeah. I don't know how people survive doing that kind of stuff. That's a lot. We did <laughs> one summer of like a touring circus and it was just a nightmare. Really? So many it's just like the job is 90% construction basically setting up your stuff and then it's 10% performing and that's kind of why you do it is because you enjoy performing but when it's just overwhelmed by that much other stuff of just Mm -hmm. building screwing stuff in it kind of sucks yeah that's tough I mean especially if you're doing it in the same day which we were when we would set up the show like you're just exhausted and you get like 20 minutes to just put your makeup on there's no resting or anything it's like all right Almost showtime. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> right when you're done. So you've, you're you pretty business savvy when it comes to the performing and stuff. What are some like tips and stuff you would give to beginner performers? How to get into shows? How much of their time should they designate towards their performance versus making sure there's income coming in? Um, well, I would definitely say practicing daily is very important daily stretching, daily practicing your moves, your tricks, um, and coming up with your acts, working on little routines, even if it's like five seconds, just try to find your flow and um, what makes you unique. That's a big thing is just being unique from others in any way, even if it's like the smallest thing. Um, And then creating videos that you could just have out there ready to go to submit and networking is also a huge thing, especially now. I feel like it's a lot of who you know rather than just submitting. Yeah. I've always had this rule since I moved to Vegas that anytime someone invites me out somewhere, as long as I don't have something to do, I will go. Just because of the networking. You never know when you're going to meet someone. And like Mm -hmm. I I would almost say all of the shows that I have are from meeting someone at like a party or... I guess social media or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So getting out there and putting your name out there is big. A lot of people just go to the gym and then they that's all they do. Yeah. And then they're wondering (laughs) why they don't get shows. Yeah. I mean, who are you gonna talk to at the gym? Everyone's focused. (laughs) Yeah. You always see those people that are like so talented. You're like, who's that guy? Where do they come from? Yeah. So social media, something you would say to work on. I would say absolutely that social media we all should take advantage of it I mean no matter how you feel about it it's the generation we live in so just use it and use it to your advantage it is the greatest marketing tool I would say yeah do you guys ever dive into Facebook ads um we did for our show yeah Facebook ads mm-hmm. what about for the those reels and stuff you guys don't do any advertising or anything no just all organic i don't think we would be able to monetize if we did i think what you pull in from the ads like it won't count for yeah. money but not just to get a, a page started Mm-mm. Hmm, interesting so when you have do you guys i'm assuming you guys probably all like share each other's videos maybe or um, you just post and hope yeah, it's mostly just posting. Man, there's way less strategy than I thought there was into this. <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit, but um, there's stuff I can't really say, NDA. Ah, <laughs> secret stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so 
Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Um, no, unless you have anything for me. <laughs> no, I think we're good. Talked cool. about all the social media stuff. That stuff is super interesting. Yeah, it's fun. Co-starring a show. That's awesome. Yeah, Not many people can say they did that. I know, and I'm pretty sad that it's like all over. It's crazy. That was my life every single day. We did seven days a week. That's a lot for six years. That yeah. was literally my life. But now I'm just like, okay, well, I got to close a chapter and move on and do something else. You can't stay in the same thing forever. Yeah. Then you get complacent. Yeah. And I always kept thinking that. I was like, oh, I sh- should start doing something else. Find someone to take my role. And it was so hard to let go of because I built my character. I created the dress and the, a lot of the lines, the acts that I did. It was really hard to let that go. And then the universe was like, well, we're going to force it on you. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about my show. Like, I MC the show and do all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, I want someone else to replace me, but it's so hard to let go of that role. When you built it, yeah, yeah. that's the hardest part. It's like your baby. Yeah. Like, how can you give that to someone else when they didn't create all of that? It's mm-hmm. weird. So where can everyone find you at? Uh, everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Ali Sparks. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to check out some (laughs) of these videos after this. Well, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. This is Ali Sparks. We will see you guys the next one. Make sure you guys subscribe. Bye-bye, everyone. That concludes this episode of the Off Access Podcast. If you guys found value in this, please consider sharing with your friends. Also, subscribe, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye, everyone.